Welcome. You are about to listen to a destiny-changing message preached by Pastor David at Caris Phase 2. Caris Phase 2 is our revival-seeking youth ministry where young people are coming to know Jesus Christ. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. Be blessed as you listen. Propitiation. What is propitiation? And peace. What scripture do you have for propitiation? Huh? Romans 3.25. What does it say? Who God set forth as a propitiation by his blood. When he say propitiation by his blood, that is, it took his blood to propitiate God. God, God like, uh, some people say, but how can God be so bloodthirsty? That he has to see blood for him to be satisfied. No, it's, it's the justice of God requires punishment for sin. So when he saw the justice of God satisfied, but on the cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God. The, the reason why God has wrath is because God is pure. And the, by virtue of the fact that he is a pure God necessitates, he's a, the fact that he's a pure God, he's a holy God, necessitates the fact that he must be angry with sin. God cannot be at ease and at peace with sin and still be holy. Holiness, that's what Jesus was really, can I use the word, afraid of. Christ was afraid of something. He was really really worried about something. What he was worried about, you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Matthew chapter 26, verse 36, 37, 38, 39. He went and he was praying. He fell on the floor. He knelt down on the floor. He said, Father, if it is possible, let this cup come to pass. He prayed, oh, my father, if it's possible, let this cup. What what cup is it? What what cup? It's the cup of suffering. You know, when uh, uh, Mrs. Zebedee said, can you let my son one sit on your right? Auntie Zeb, Auntie Zeb. Can Can you let my sons one sit on your right and the other one on your left? And Jesus said, um, it, 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 are you ready? Are you able to drink the cup of the cup that I'm about to drink? Wow. Are you able to drink? There is a cup, a cup to drink. He says that Jesus answered and said, you do not know what you, have, you, you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am about to be baptized with? They said, we are able. Wow. They didn't know. Like, didn't Peter say, I'll die for you? Yes. Yes. He said, Jesus said, not next week, not tomorrow, tonight. Before the clock could grow three t- uh, twice, twice, you have denied me three times. Wow. And you're talking about you die for me? And you know, he was so bold that he said, if everybody forsakes you, me, I will never forsake ah! <laughs> He said, I will die, that's what he said, I will die for you. <laughs> I will die for you. <laughs> Peter said, even if I, I have to die with you, I will not deny you. That these are the same way he said, I will not deny you. And yet he denied, he said, I never know, he swore. In fact, he took it further, he swore. 
So I swear on my father's grave. That man, I don't know him. Three times on three different occasions, one night. One small girl saw this guy sitting by fire, warming himself. And the damsel said, I know this one. He's one of them. This is her. Yeah, I don't know him. I don't know him. Then afterwards, another person who was there when he cut somebody's ear, the cousin of the person whose ear he cut, so the things you do, people whose relatives may come after you, <laughs> saw him. He said, yeah, this man is definitely one of them. He said, me? I don't know him. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, surely, you are, you, surely you also are one of them. For your speech betrays you because, you know, you have a language, the way we speak, hallelujah. No, but actually his dialect, where it comes from, because it's Galilean, sounded very much. So they knew that, no, you are, you are, you are from the north. And Peter, Peter, Peter said, verse 74, that he began to curse and swear. Not only swear, he was cursing. They said, don't swear. I'm sure he used his finger and everything. Swear it. Me, I don't know. The same person who said, the same night, or it wasn't later, that same night. Look, we are talking about chapter 26 of Matthew. He, he, he swore. He, he said, what did he say? I don't know that I don't know that I don't know him. I don't know him. Just Yeah. Verse 74. Verse 74. He began to say, I do not know the man. He didn't say I'm not his follower. No. Said, I don't, the, who, who, this guy, who is he? What's his name? His name, is his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. I don't know this man. Oh. Meanwhile, look at what he was saying in verse 35. That's very serious. That's very serious. Peter said, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. Wow. Peter said, me, I won't deny you. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Tonight, before the cock will grow, Jesus said, Surely, I said to you that this night, not tomorrow, this night you are talking. You see, sometimes after a month you forget. But a few hours later, he said, Before the rooster crows, you would deny, if not, the rooster doesn't have to go thrice. Before the rooster will crow, you have denied me three times. Yeah. And he prayed and he says that, Father, if it's possible, let this cup come and pass. Cup, he was coming to drink. The cup was suffering. But why? I think I've mentioned it here before. How, <clears throat> how some time ago, some people said, ah, do you know how Peter died? It's not in the Bible. But why wasn't it recorded? Because it's not necessary. Why should it be recorded? For what? If I get to know how Peter died, in what way does it help my salvation? Yeah. But Stevie, we knew how to, yeah, it helps my salvation. It helps my commitment to God. Wow. The Bible is not a history book yeah. for everything that happens to him. Even Jesus, not everything he said and did was recorded. How much more Peter and Mary? Yeah. <laughs> it's that a lot of things were not recorded because there could be historic things. 
things that were changing generations and communities, but it was not salvific. It was not in the line of God's eternal program for our salvation. Yeah. Everything in the Bible has to do with our eternal salvation and not the, just the redemption of man, but also God's agenda and purpose for, our, uh, for, for, the, for humanity. Anything that is not in the Bible, like Alexander the Great, he lived. And at the time he lived, the Bible was still Old Testament. He lived between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Julius Caesar and all those. But what, why did Pontius Pilate's name make it? Pontius Pilate's name made it because he was the one who authorized the execution of Jesus. But do you know if he was saved? Maybe he got saved, but it wasn't necessary. Mm. I believe Pontius Pilate. In fact, historians believe that Pontius Pilate's wife, mm. Pontius Pilate's wife, got saved, and later on, I think her her son became a Caesar or something like that. Okay. The Caesar that brought uh, made Christianity state religion. You know, these are all information that is it's not biblical. It's called extra biblical information. Sometimes in Bible schools and scholars and research, you find those things. But some people get so focused on research on some of these things that they miss the revelations that are in the Bible. The Bible is not enough for you. You want to do research. You don't need any extra information to make enhance your belief in the Bible. Everything it takes. It's like you plant a seed. And now you have to go and dig it out, open it up, put some stuff inside for the seed. No, no, you don't need it. Everything that is needed for the tree and the fruits are all in the tree, in the seed. This is the seed of God. Yeah. The seed of God. Everything needed for our salvation and for our redemptive life of in, the redem in redemption. Everything needed is here. So you can be okay without knowing any other information apart from everything here. And you'll be very fine. You'll be 100% or 300% prepared for heaven without knowing any other information. Okay, so there's, there's so many things that were not recorded in the Bible because it wasn't necessary. Can you imagine if Jesus himself, everything he did was not recorded, then why would they record other things? So when people ask that, where did Abel get his wife? Do you want everything to be recorded? It's not necessary. Do you know if that time a lot of children have been born already? Because Abel, by the time he was getting married, people used to live about 500 years. It's so, what you, the questions you are asking is nonsense. <laughs> it's because you are trying to look for reason to doubt the scriptures. That's what it, they just want a reason to doubt the scriptures. And so they see things, faults that don't exist. exist. They see forth, oh, you see, you see. But if you take your time, you can find out that what you are saying, that there's a reasonable answer for it. Yeah. Like someone came to me recently, and he said, um, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, Bible says that Jesus died on a tree. He himself bore our sins in his body, where? On the tree. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. It says that for Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the Lord, having been made a curse for us. Because it says, curse be anyone that hung on a tree. And you know his question? The Bible is contradicting itself. It's one says Jesus died on the tree, another place said he died on the cross. It's a contradiction. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 
the cross is made up with wigs. Eh? Trade <laughs> <laughs> up of wig, wig. Is this something that should be a problem? If let's assume the Bible, the one who wrote, some of the people who wrote the Bible are dumb. Is this this, this basic thing? If they are dumb, that you, even you who have not got a degree, can, you can see through it. Is this something? In those days, when they say cross, is the same as when they say tree. It's just semantics. So this shouldn't be something that you should, because, oh, the Bible is contradicting They're looking for any reason why the Bible is not true. Every, they are busy, they are busy. Muslims are busy looking for a reason why the Bible is not true. Because if the Bible is true, Muhammad is false. That's the, that's the logical implication. If the Bible is true, Muhammad is false, then they are all going to hell. So then you have to, oh, no, the Bible is not true. The Bible is false. So it can validate the one. Yeah. So people sometimes want a reason why the Bible um, is not true. They are just looking for a reason why. They don't want to believe, but they don't have an excuse. So most of the time, they are just looking for a reason. So I'm saying that I don't believe the Bible because they use it for slave trade. <laughs> Is that, is that your main reason? You know, is, that, is that it? Yeah, the Bible is written by King James. <laughs> King James, who was a slave trader. So, so the Bible is, the Bible was made by King James. Have you, have you read the Hebrew version? Have you read the Greek version? Have you read the Latin Vulgate? Have you read the Septuagint? Have you checked on those things? to cross-check if what the English version is saying is the same. Because the Torah was written Moses. The laws of Moses that you see in English, it's original in Hebrew. So King James just authorized scholars to translate it from Latin and the Greek because it used only to be in Latin. It used to be, they translated only the the, uh, uh, Old Testament, New Testament, it was in Latin. And so he said, translate it from the original Hebrew, translate the New Testament from the original, original Greek, so that it's not only Latin, let's also have it in English. They translate, so he paid scholars, gutted translators, he paid them, the top, under his leadership, because the king was powerful, he had the money, he could authorize things. God used him. That's why it's called King James Version. It wasn't like he wrote it all. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> that was used for slave trade. Have you, do you know about William Wilberforce? Can you tell us about, do you know who he is? Or who he was? Do you know he stood on the principles of the Bible so slave trade could stop? So if some people were even using him wrongly, I don't know, are there not dodgy priests? Who in the name of the, sometimes they don't even read the Bible, but they say, in the name of, I, I, you know, I'm a priest, I'm a priest. You just don't want to believe. That's why you have so many questions. Someone said, I don't believe in the Bible. I, it has a lot of false insight. Yeah, right. Are you telling me you've taken your time, read cover to cover, and then you came to the conclusion or someone told you? Someone told you it has false, or you yourself, you mean you have read everything. Uh, you've read everything and it has false inside. You, you. <laughs> well, so Peter said, I will not deny you. And then the cup, can I come back to the cup? 
When Jesus said, if it's possible, Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, if it's possible, let this cup, let this cup, let this cup, let this, someone say, let this cup. Let this cup. If it's possible, oh my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. And then somebody said, the apostles, people like Paul, they were going to their grave and they were singing. It's, they are going to their grave and they were singing. Some of them, they, they welcome. You remember Paul? He said, I'm told I'm going to die, but none of these things move me. Now that I count my life dear to me. So how come the disciples embrace death happily? How come the master, when he was going to die, he said, oh, please God, God. And uh, stand behind me and push me forward like God. I don't want to go. And then God had to push him. Oh, God, please. This, this cross, push me. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, this God, if it's possible, let this. Why is the master doing that? Whilst the disciples, they were rather clearing people from their face. Kill me. Kill me for Jesus. It wasn't death Jesus was afraid of. It wasn't death. It's the cup. What is the cup? It wasn't the death. Neither was it the suffering. It wasn't the death. Neither was it the suffering. The biggest problem was he's too holy to bring sin upon himself. The holiness of God means he can't take sin. He can't. You, you can't bring sin near God. He's too holy. That was the biggest problem of Jesus Christ. Because on the cross, he himself. We read it, First Peter chapter, chapter 2, verse 24, on the tree. He himself, let's all read it aloud, let's go. He himself bore our sins in his own body. One more time. He himself bore our sins in his own body. Some of you are not reading louder. He himself bore our sins in his own body. He bore our sins where? Where? In his own body. That was the problem. My body, I don't know sin. I, I, I don't, first Corinthians, second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. He, God made him who knew no sin. Say he knew no sin. Say he knew no sin. For he made him who knew no sin. To be what? To be sin for us. That was the problem. I'm going to take all the sin. Behold the Lamb of God. He had to bear our sins on the cross in his own body. This body does ne has never sinned. But God had to judge somebody. And so the sins that we, we were carrying had to be put on Christ so that now all the anger of God against sin will be placed on Christ, on the cross. That's what the cross meant. That's what the cross, the cross, that's what it meant. It crosses our sins. He, before I went to the cross, he prayed. He said, Father, if it's possible, hmm, let this cup come pass. The holiness of God cannot accommodate sin. But there was another problem. It wasn't just the sin that was coming on him. But what actually killed Jesus on the cross was the biggest problem. Was the biggest problem. And do you know what it is? Bible said that he cried out. Eli! Eli! Lamak Sabakhtani. Eloi! Matthew said, Eli, Eli. Uh, Mark said, Eloi, Eloi. <laughs> 
Matthew said, about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lamaxabachthani, which means? My God, my God, my God. Oh, come on. Let's, let's preach with me. Jesus cried out, Eli, Eli, lamaxabachthani, which means? My God, my God, why have you saved me? That's what he was trying to avoid. He said, do anything to me, but don't separate me from my father. Why? Because I am the Father. We are one. He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Me, I am the Father. And for the first time, there's going to be a separation in Jesus' physical body from God. And he said, if it's possible, if it's possible, the sin that is going to bear is not as dangerous for him as the separation from the father for that moment. As soon as that happened, he had a broken heart. The heart was so, the pressure, stress. You know stress can kill people? Jesus had the highest stress and he died through broken heart. His father left him and he couldn't take it anymore. So that's why they were surprised. You are dead already? Every centurion, a pilot asks, ah, but he's, is he already dead? Mm. No, he's dead. Or, ah, he can't die so quickly. Jesus died prematurely. It wasn't the cross that killed him. It was the separation from the father. He said, I can't take this anymore. He had a broken heart. That's why when they pierced his side, Matthew, John chapter 19, verse 34, they pierced his side just to make sure he's dead because his bones, normally you have to break the bones. And because the next day is a special Sabbath. You remember? The next day was a special Sabbath, and they can't leave the thieves on the cross. Sabbath day, you shouldn't have criminals on the cross, so they have to be buried. And Sabbath was coming, so the, church, the leaders went to tell Pilate, let's get rid of them, break their legs. Well, once I explained this to you, once their legs are broken, they can't breathe. I can't breathe, can't breathe. They choke and they die quickly. So that's the easiest way to kill, because the cross itself does not kill. The cross, it cannot, that, the cross crucifixion doesn't kill. That's why when you say I'm crucified with Christ, it doesn't mean you're actually dead because crucifixion doesn't kill. If they leave you long enough on the cross, that's when you die. Sometimes it takes about five days. Someone can hang on the cross for five days before they die. Because the true strain, crucifixion doesn't, it's the worst form of punishment. So you are stuck there, you are not dying. You are not dying. And if you die, you die slowly. Too short breath. You're running out of breath. And you're straining. But Jesus Christ, as soon as the crucifixion didn't kill him, broken heart killed him. That's why he came to heal the broken hearted. So the cup. Now, I, I, I was explaining to you how God has to punish sin because he's a holy God. And I told you God is angry. What is he angry about? Sins. God, the sin, the, 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 the sins brings the wrath of God. Yes, God is angry. Yeah. God is love, but he's also angry. There's a, a great guy, um, I think in the 18th century or early 19th century, I've forgotten the day. He's called Jonathan Edwards. He wrote a book, Sinners, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Yeah. 
sinners in the hands of an angry God. That, that, kind, of, that, that kind of preaching, that kind of preaching must come back to this generation. Sinners in the hands of an angry God. God is angry. Is it possible you are sitting here but God is angry with you? Yeah. God is angry with you. Yeah. But what have I done? You are asking that question? Please, think about what you, the things that have happened in your life before you ask what you have done. <laughs> you should be the last person to ask what have I done? Because you know what you have done. <laughs> you are asking, what have I done? The wrath of God is against all sin. Then Jesus came and all, of, all those of you in red, get up. Okay, if you have a scarf, just put it on your shoulder. That, like that. Just, just throw it on your shoulder there. Jesus came. And there. Okay, you come. You want to act. I want you to act as God. God is angry. The religious pastors never told you God is angry. Yeah. They never told you. That's a wrong representation of God. Romans chapter Chapter 1, verse um, 18. He said, for the wrath of God. Why, why, are, you, why, are, you, why are you muting that? Yeah. God has wrath. Mm-hmm. In fact, the Bible talks about how he's going to take vengeance. Can you imagine? In 2 Thessalonians, chapter 1, verse 17, it says that he will take vengeance of those who did not believe the gospel. Ah! He said, those who don't know God is coming after you. And those who don't believe the gospel... Two categories. And some of some people they fall into all categories. <laughs> in flaming fire. No, verse, the next verse before. So that makes sense. So the people can see. It's going to, to give you uh, who are troubled. Rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. What's he coming to do? Watch this. He's revealed with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God. He's coming. Say, you don't know God. Ha! You don't know God. <laughs> Can you watch it? He's taking vengeance. It's in your Bible. He's going to be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. No American uh, soldier can stand against a mighty angel. One angel can finish all soldiers in the world. One angel. One, one angel. One angel. Not two. One angel. Can you bring the worst, the, the best soldiers in the world, put them together? One angel can finish them in less than one hour. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Only three. Only three angels destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. A whole city. Only three. Everything was burned to ashes. Only three. Angels, the Bible says that they excel in strength. They are swift more than light, the speed of light. They can hit you, hit you, hit you, hit you, within a short time. They can finish angels. Bible said they excel in strength. They excel. Their strength is, it excels, excel in strength. It says, yeah, Sam, bless the Lord. His angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. He said, Jesus is coming with his mighty angels. What? Not the small ones, the mighty ones. 
and not only one. They can finish the whole world with one, within one hour. One hour is even too long. If Superman can move from Los Angeles, <laughs> can move from Los Angeles to Lagos, <laughs> in 10 minutes, to go and save that girl who was about to be killed by that villain, from Los Angeles to Lagos. It's a love life. Oh, in one minute, Superman. Jesus is going to come with his mighty angels. Watch this. This is scary. Taking vengeance on those who do not know God. Me and all this church, I don't like. No problem. No problem. Keep going. Keep going. A time is coming. Everybody will die. So you who are saying, oh, I don't believe. I, no problem. There's an appointment coming. Yeah. But if it ends with death once, that's no problem. But there is an after death. Ah! After this, eh? when you die, it's not the end. Oh, oh no. When you die, it's the beginning of judgment. Wow. You are not going to be judged based on your intentions. You hear what I say? You are not going to be judged based on your intentions. You'll be judged based on your works. So, Jesus will return with his mighty angels. And he will take vengeance on those who do not know. That, that, that scripture is very interesting. Sometimes I think about it. Some of you, you all your language is, is not fair. It's not fair. Life is not fair. So don't live your life based on fairness. Some of you, you are not doing anything for your life because it's unfair, it's not fair. My mother was not there, it's not fair. Get over yourself and do something with your life. Take responsibility, take responsibility. It's victim mindset, victim mindset. And anyone who has victim mindset can never go up in life. You must have a champion's mindset, a victor's mindset. You must have this mindset that anything that is thrown at me, I will always overcome. Yeah. I will and then sometimes the people who are doing it against you don't have time for them because you are wasting too much energy getting angry. Yeah. Move on. They are not worth your attention. Yeah. Move on. But this thing says that God, Jesus Christ, will take vengeance. Ah. He says that he, Flaming fire, he's coming in flaming fire too. That's more than an atomic bomb. <laughs> Taking vengeance on who? Those who do not know God. But what, what have they done? For, so your problem, your, your fault is you didn't know God. He said, I'll take vengeance on you. Huh? See, that word, those who do not know God, is those who chose not to. Yeah. Willful ignorance. That's right. And not only them who. But the other one is a bit, a bit more of a problem. Yeah. That's why you have to do more evangelism. Yeah. So to give Jesus a chance to take vengeance. <laughs> and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there are some people who come to church, but they won't obey the gospel. Said, well, no, pastor, just preach, leave them alone. Preach, preach. Don't let them insult you in their head as they sit there. Preach, Jesus. He's coming with vengeance. <laughs> so those who say, okay, and then this is the, the scariest one. And I said, 
what is even more worrying is he will punish them with everlasting destruction. Not temporal destruction, everlasting. Those who say oh, hell is just temporal. Who told you? These shall be punished with destruction that doesn't end. Everlasting. And you will also die. And you are, you are burning. And you are suffering. Is that, is that God? Yeah, that God they tell you, they told you is God of, oh, oh that's his, his love. His love is a mama God. Hey, you are messing up and you think that they have preached to you for you to think God is sitting upstairs and say, don't worry, he'll be okay. Don't worry, he'll say, little Johnny will be okay. No, he's angry with your sins. Yeah. And he'll come and take vengeance against you. Tell somebody, pastor is the pastor is talking about you. <laughs> and he will punish. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Get him, get him out of my presence and punish him. Oh! But some people, they are quite, I think I, when I finish this, Justification. I have to teach on hell. I have to teach on hell. Because Jesus is the most loving person who has ever lived. And yet, no one preached hell more than Jesus. Abraham never preached hell. David never preached hell. Hell is not even, was not heavily mentioned in the Old Testament. And most of the time hell was mentioned, it was Jesus. Because he, God didn't trust other people with the preaching of hell. Because it's too strong. So let me, myself, me, myself, I'll come and preach hell. Jesus wow. wow. spoke about hell more than a lot of other things. He said, oh, but God can, uh, but that's not fair. Get over that fair, 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 fair thing. Life is not fair. So, sin. Sin is on your shoulder. Everybody, this is, that's sin. The wrath of God. But why is it not coming towards these people? Because there's no sin there. But the wrath of God is upon, so it's like go uh, walk and come up and down there. But the wrath of God. So when just when God is coming, Jesus Christ comes, takes away, takes away, takes away, takes away, takes away. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away. Watch this. And what happened? What happened? As soon as He took away, the wrath turns from them. And the wrath comes, comes, and comes, come, come against me. And the wrath of God was vented upon Jesus on the cross. But he's so sinless and so holy. It's like, you know, your mother saw you some time ago. Your auntie went to visit your auntie. And around 2 a.m. you got up. And then your auntie came to the kitchen and saw you holding dessert. And you didn't know they were coming. So you were about to scoop into your mouth. And say, oh, they called you. Robert! <laughs> what are you doing with ice cream? At this time of the day. Jesus, what are you doing with the sins in your hands? Jesus. And this is the mystery of godliness. God brought his wrath and it's like two-tone approach. Head and tail. You either get, if you toss a coin, you either get what? Head or tail. 
So when God, the sin came on God, on Christ, God's favor turned away from him, and then God's wrath. So you are either on the side of God's wrath or on the side of God's favor. Yeah. You are either on the side of God's favor or you are pleasing God. This is my beloved son. He said that about Jesus. That's why Jesus said, please keep the pleasure with me. And the wrath of God was turned on Jesus. That's what he was afraid of. I, I just don't want this. And as, as soon as it was heaped upon him on the cross, and the thing is, he actually took our place. It was heaped upon him on the cross. Suddenly, he became sin. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says that he made him who knew no sin to be what? He became sin. He's not, not a sinner. He didn't sin. But he became, so on the cross, our sins were, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin. Up, our sins were on the cross. So he became sin, not a sinner. He became sin. All the sins, behold the Lamb of God. Takes away the sins of the world. And then he went into the grave. He died on the cross. Died on the cross. He took away the sins of the world. And they buried him. Something, is more, something more interested is happening. They buried him. And on the third day, according to Acts chapter 2, verse 24, Acts 2, 24, on the third day, God raised him and lose the pains of death. Why? Because it was not possible that he should be held. Can I, can I, can I take you further? So sins were left in a grave. But it was not possible that he should be held by it. By what? By death. Death could not hold him. Death couldn't. couldn't. I'm trying to hold the air, but I can't capture, I want to capture some of the air here, but I can't, because there's no hand, I don't have anything to. And death, what death uses to hold you, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 56, 55, 56. He said, oh, oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave, oh death, where is thy sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? Now look, the sting of death is sin. So without sin, death can't have you. Romans chapter 12 verse five, it said by one man's sin, uh, by one man's sins, disobedience, sins entered, said Romans chapter five verse 12, sorry. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and how did death come? So when sin came in, death came in. So, motokid of death is sin. That's why I said the soul that sins shall die. The soul in Ezekiel, the soul that sins shall die. The soul that sins shall die. 
the soul that sins shall. Any soul that sins. He said that the soul that let's read the first line there. Let's go. The soul that sins shall. One more time. The soul that sins shall. Louder. The soul that sins shall. I understand why some people don't want to read it. But don't worry. Let's go. Louder. The soul that sins shall. The soul who sins shall die. But here you are, you sinned, and you didn't die. Why? Because when you were supposed to die, Jesus came and died in your place so that you can live in his place. Now, watch this. That's the definition of a Christian. A Christian is someone who was here in their sins and was supposed to die and has now come to the cross of Christ and the cross of Christ has taken care of their sins and now he's living in the righteousness of Christ. That's, that's the definition of a Christian. Because the soul that sins shall die, Jesus Christ became our propitiation. He, he, he satisfied the wrath of God. Oh. God was very, God is still and will always be angry. <laughs> God was, still is, and will always be angry. What kind of God is that? That's the God of the universe. But why must he punish anybody? You're right. Madame Teresa and Hitler should all be at the same place after death. <laughs> But God is good. She didn't do anything. So you see, after all the atrocities that Hitler did, are you trying to say because he's dead now, everything is fine? Oh no. Where is justice? Who sets the record? Whoa, who sets the standard? Who sets the standard? For those of you who said there's no God, who set the standard of what is wrong or what is right? Because for you, this might be right. For somebody, it might be wrong. Somebody eats shark fin, which is delicacy, best. Another person doesn't eat shark fin. So it feels, it feels that it's wrong. You are killing sharks. Who sets the standard? Why should I accept yours? Meanwhile, you two, you eat goat. You eat meat. And we don't eat cow. Who sets the standard? Who determines what is absolute right or what is? You can't say absolute right is subjective. How can it be subjective? If the car is coming from the right and you say it's subjective, stand there and you will see whether it's subjective or not. It's madness to assume that facts and truth is subjective. It's madness. If you say truth is subjective, then what you are saying in itself is also subjective. So it might not even be true. What you are saying, that truth is subjective, that statement and that position, that proposition is also subjectively wrong then. What do you mean truth is subjective? It's your truth. You see, no one has truth. Truth yeah. is not inherent. Yeah. Truth is always outside of us. Yeah. We can't look at you to know what is true. We can't look at you to know what is true. God needs to judge. Because he's a lawgiver. What's the point of a law that will not bring punishment when it's broken? So if God is a lawgiver, then that means that God must judge and punish. But the problem is we were all born as lawbreakers. 
Every one of us. Every one of us. Tiny little baby, but you are a terrorist in the house. <laughs> you cry once, no one can sleep. So adorable. When you see children, babies, baby, infants, so adorable. And you newly born. So adorable. They, they, they look so innocent. They look so, so they cry. No one can sleep. They will terrorize you. God made them so wild to terrorize you and made them so adorable you can't be angry against them. Some of you, they, you ask your mother. The problems you gave to the house and neighbors when you were born. As tiny as you were, when you scream, it's like megaphone. <laughs> you change the whole neighborhood. <laughs> we were all born on the wrong side. So no one can say, as for me, I'm pure. We always need a mediator. You need someone to help you before God. Because even the things you don't want to do, you keep doing them. So that's why Jesus, I always refer to this. See, my preaching is the same. I've been preaching the same thing always. Always. I don't preach anything new. And I'm happy. It's nothing new. Same thing. Jesus said, he who is without sin, let him come. Because everybody has sin. That means everybody is meant to be condemned. That is why for God so loved the world that he gave you. So that whosoever believes will not perish. Because everybody is on the way to perishing. So all you got to do is to believe, not behave. Believe. Jesus Christ had to come and take our sins. So, now I started with the wrath of God, right? Hungry. And then Jesus Christ came and took our sins. Suddenly, the anger God had against us has been abated. As long as we are in Christ. So, in Isaiah chapter 50, um, 53 verse 11 or so, he said, he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. Verse 10 or verse 11, he said, Isaiah 53 is actually about Christ on the cross. He said that he shall see the labor, I use the, yeah, he shall see the travail of Jesus' soul and shall be satisfied. God is now, my justice. I'm so pure, anyone who does wrong must pay for it. The soul that sinneth mass. And so Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Bible says that Bible says, listen to this in First Peter, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. He said, The just for the unjust. <laughs> He's a just man. He died for the unjust. But, uh, chapter First Peter chapter 3, sorry. Verse 18. First Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Do that quickly, please. He died for our sins. The just for Christ also suffered once for what? Sins. What did he suffer for? Sins. What did he suffer for? Sins. Can you imagine the one who has not sinned suffering for sins? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like an oxymoron. Mm. The, the only one person who ever lived and was sinless died for sins. And terrible people didn't even die for sin. They didn't die for their own sin. Many people have lived and has enjoyed and gone. They didn't die. They didn't pay for anything. That one judgment. Unless they get born again. Like the thief on the cross. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. He said, for we do not have a high priest. 
He said, our high priest, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points as we are, yet, I can't hear you, yet, yet, I can't hear you, yet. Anybody who tells you we are also, we have a religion, we have a leader, ask if their leader was without sin. If their leader was without sin, then he can be a savior. <laughs> but if their leader can't claim sinlessness, it's not worth following. In Hebrews, Bible talks about the fact that, you know, um, the Old Testament, <laughs> the job of the high priest, okay, the job of the high priest, I think I've said this, was it last year, last week I said, the job of the high priest was to offer sins. <laughs> Hebrews chapter five, verse one, two, three. For every high priest taken from amongst men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God that he may do what? Offer. Gifts and sacrifices for what? Sins. Okay, so his job is to offer sacrifices for sin. What's the job of a high priest? Offer sacrifices for sins. Okay, gifts and sacrifices for sins. And he must also be from the people he's going to offer sacrifices for sin on their behalf. So a high priest who is not a human being cannot be a high priest. Because, okay, so the lion high priest must be a lion. Does it make sense? Yeah. The um, shark high priest must be what? A shark. For every high priest is taken from where? Amongst men. If you are not a man, it disqualifies you from being a high priest. A man there is not male, please. It's human being. So if you are not a human being, you are disqualified outright from being a high priest. You can be something. You can even be maybe a savior. You can be a helper. Like the way angels come to help people but you cannot be a high priest because every high priest must be taken from amongst men. From amongst men, it's appointed from amongst men in things pertaining to God. The job of a high priest is to make sure your back faces the people and your front faces God. So the high priest goes to God on the behalf of the people. A prophet is like this. He faces the people in the back. So he goes to the people on the behalf of God. That, that's why they keep saying, that says the Lord. That says the Lord. That says the Lord. He's speaking on the behalf of, whilst high priest. So when the prophet brings the warning and you need to get to God, you need a high priest to appear before God for you. So Jesus is the prophet. In the beginning was the... So he, he wasn't just the one who speaks on the behalf of God. He spoke on God's behalf and he actually was the word from God. Wow. The high priest, he is the high priest to represent us. But remember, the high priest must have something to do on. Put it on the screen. He must do what? 
must have gifts and sacrifice to offer, pertaining to God. But Jesus Christ, he didn't offer somebody else's blood. Uh. You know, I feel like preaching. I, I now feel like preaching. He, because the blood, the Old Testament, high priest, so he comes to present sacrifice, and they do it once a year. And then he waits. Oh, another year has come. The people will sin again, so another year. The people will sin again, but high priest, high priest, high priest, this, it looks like this high priest thing is working because you need it. So as soon as they offer, now God can deal with you. Because of the sin, somebody must offer to appease God, or it's called atonement. Atonement is they have to offer it to cover, to cover your sins before God. So, like he's coming to God, come to God, but you have sin. So the blood that high priest offers, it covers your sins before God, and God can deal with you. But after God deals with you, you go and sin again. So the high priest has to offer. Then we sin again. Because human beings, our expertise is sinning. Yeah. Do I have a witness in the house? Yes. So high priest, so it, it goes on year after year, and then he dies. Another high priest, year after year, then he dies. And then one of the things about high priest is you must be from a certain tribe. Yeah. If you are not in the choir, you can't be a high priest. Yeah. The tribe of Levi. Then. Jesus Christ, he comes and he's from the tribe of Judah. But they didn't talk about high priest from Judah. So what kind of priest? But yet he still is a high priest. So the difference between Jesus Christ and this one, the Messiah comes and he's also a high priest. But number one, he didn't offer uh, um, blood of bulls and goats because you have to have something to offer. Now look at the verse two. Chapter 5, verse 2. He can have compassion of those who are ignorant and going astray, since he himself also is subject to. That's the problem. He's the same like the people. The next verse. Verse 3. Okay. Because of this. <laughs> but like, let's read from the screen. Let's go. Because of this. So. He is supposed to, he, high priest's job is to offer sacrifice of sin. The normal high priest, human high priest. He has to offer sacrifice for sin. But before he does that, he has to offer the one for himself. Yeah. So first of all, he has to cover himself. And God said, you are, then he has to offer for the people. Okay. Now, but, now, uh, when Jesus came, as his, Jesus' type of high priest, he didn't want come with the blood of bulls and goats. According to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 10, verse 12, 13, and 14. Not with the blood of the goats and cows, but with his own blood. Now, he didn't come with what the people gave. He, the, our high priest comes, right? And what, he must have something to offer. But this time, not bulls, the blood of good, he, the, his own blood. And one, not for himself, because he was sinless. So he didn't have to offer for his sins. 
All right? And so he just came to offer for the people. And he used, he was the sacrifice. Ah, Jesus. Jesus. And, and he told me, you are telling me should he have died on the cross? He should have died in your bedroom. <laughs> well, he should die on the cross because he needs the blood to offer. By blood of goats, it's not good enough. Come on. Blood of bulls. It's not, it says that it is not possible that the blood, verse 4, yeah, for it is not possible. Says not possible. It's not possible. Says not possible. It's not possible. It's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. How? How can we use a goat to pay for your life? Your, 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 your son, somebody drives and hits your grandson and drives directly, kills the grandson. He said, don't worry, don't worry. Give you a replacement and brings his cat. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me. In the zoo, when a lion tries to kill one person, they won't wait for them to kill the second person. They'll kill the lion. Yeah. If a human being kills a lion, They'll just arrest the person and charge you. You've destroyed somebody's animal. But if a lion kills somebody, you have to put him down. No, no animal's life comes halfway, human life. And so then if you are presenting the blood of bulls and goats, in what way do you think it will equate for the life of a human being? How can he? So, but pastor, why did God use it? Because he's paving the way, preparing the way for the coming of Christ. The high priest have to be doing something that Christ was actually, so it was like temporary, but it couldn't take away the sins. It took the Lamb of God himself. It took the Lamb of God himself. It took the Lamb of God himself for, to take away the sins of the world. Shout hallelujah. So he comes because it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats and cows to take away sin. It's not possible. Say it's not possible. So what was he doing then? It was just covering their sins. It was covering their sins. So all the sacrifices they offered to God, he was putting it aside. But it wasn't taking it away. You know, some of us, when you have wallpaper in your house, and you move into the property, you paint over it, the wallpaper is still there. Yes, people will not see you are painted over it, but the wallpaper is still there. Another, another person comes, paints on it, it's still there. Another person comes, paints on it. Every year you are painting, but it's still there. Even though you don't want to see the color is dirty now, you just paint it. You just paint it. So it looks like it's gone, but it's just covered. It's just covered. That's what's called atonement. It covers. It covers until one day the Lamb of God comes. He offers his own blood, and then he takes away the sins of the world to the cross. To the cross. To the cross. To the cross, to the cross. Now, <laughs> now, this is what is called expiation. Propitiation, <sighs> you satisfy my anger, but somebody has to take away this thing. Yeah. And the bulls, the blood of bulls and goats, put it again, Hebrews 10, 4, it is not possible who? It is not possible for the blood of bulls and to do what? To do what? He said it's not possible for, for the blood 
of bulls and gold to, watch this, that phrase, take away. Take, so what they were doing was not taking it away. It was covering the sins. It's an atonement. It covers the sins. It covers the sins until John chapter 1 verse 29 comes in and the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. The sins of all the people in the Old Testament, they were all piled waiting for him. Can you imagine why he said, Lord, if it's possible, let this come, because they are going to put everything on, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Including, including the sins of the people who are not yet born. Wow. Wow. All the sins they will commit has already been piled, and Jesus Christ, take it in advance. So he, he didn't want the sin, but he wanted to obey God. So he, so this our high priest, he is also a human being, but he, he offers his own blood. But that's not enough. So it's not that he had something to offer. One, he was sinless. Ah, Hebrews chapter, chapter, Hebrews chapter, chapter seven, chapter seven, verse 26. <laughs> like that one. For, said, for this high priest is fitting for us. Such a, <laughs> such a, yeah, yeah, yeah. For such a high priest was fitting for us. Who is what? Holy. I can't hear. Who is what? Holy. And what? Holy. And what? Holy. And what? He, and has become higher than the heavens. <laughs> this is our high priest. So he's sinless. He's harmless. He's holy. That's why he was having a problem if sin were going to be, was going to be put on him because he's holy. He's holy. I don't, I don't do sin. I don't do sin. So when he saw sin come, he was going back. No, I don't do sin. You know, magnet, not poor and not poor. That's that's what it is. He can't do sin. And he was forced and they had to put, no, he wasn't forced. His love for God, his obedience for God made him do what he wouldn't have done. On the cross, as he hung on the cross, he looked at you. And he said, this is all because of you. Why would you keep their sins? Which you can't handle. Which will send you to hell. Which will bring the wrath of God against you. He has taken it. Why are you keeping it? Why are you owning it? Why are you maintaining it? Hand it over to Jesus. So, he, one, he was sinless. So he didn't have to offer sacrifice for his sin. But he, and then two, the sacrifice he brought was not another. Himself, he was the sacrifice. He brought his life. He sacrificed himself on the cross. And <laughs> well, we just read Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26. <laughs> the next verse does not need daily as those high priests. You see these other high priests? Yeah. yeah, he's different from them. He doesn't need, they do it daily to offer up sacrifices. For this he did how many times? Once. How many times? Once. How many times? Once, Once for all. First, uh, first for his own sins and for the people. That, that, that's the high priest, okay? Okay, uh, for this, 
uh, goodness, yeah, for their hope. Yeah, so they were doing it for themselves and for the people. But then for this, Jesus Christ did once for all when he offered up himself. That's why he said, Pontius, but I don't think you can kill me. I offer myself. I lay down my life. You can't kill me. No one can take my life from me. So I offer. So he offered himself as a sacrifice. How many times? Once. How many times? Once. So you see the difference between him and this high priest. This one, they do it every year, every year, every year. Can I add one more about this, our high priest? Verse 23. I want to show you something. Also, there were many priests. How many were they? Many. How many priests were they? Many. How many? Many. Many. So Jesus versus many. There were many priests because they were prevented. You remember they were dying? Yeah. No one can maintain position forever. But when you reach Psalm 110 verse 1, he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The next verse, watch this. The next verse, the Lord shall send the rod of his strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of your enemies. Verse 3, in the day of thy, your people shall be willing in the day of your power. And in the beauty of holiness, from the, from the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. Now look at verse 4. Look at verse 4. The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are priest. How long? Forever. You are priest. How long? Forever. You are priest. How long? Forever. He is talking definitely about some, but they are talking about Jesus Christ. Yeah. You are priest forever, and this time it is not like the Aaron's descendants, Aaronic priesthood. That's the human order. But there is an, a certain high priest who Abraham met. Say, oh, sir. Yes, sir, Abraham, sir. And all the other priests who came from Abraham, they saw Abraham and said, yes, sir, Abraham, Abraham. And he said that Jesus Christ has come as a high priest, not after, after this kind of high priest, but after this. <laughs> after the order of Melchizedek. Because Melchizedek does not have a beginning, does not have an end. There were many high priests. I'm not preaching on high priests. Because you, you can't talk about Propitiation. Without expiation and propitiation without appreciating what the high priest's work was. Most people think it's just a religious duty. No, when it, when it comes to God, he doesn't do religion. God doesn't do religion. You might do, but God doesn't do religion. Everything in the Old Testament had an assignment. It was pointing to the original. Jesus was the only original. Everything in the Old Testament was replica. And who told the replica watches don't tell the time? <laughs> it still tells the time. So it's doing dancing, but it's not the original. Yeah. When you go and change the battery, the man at the Morrison's that drew the battery, yeah. he said, this is not original, that's why. They know it. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so the other high priests, they couldn't continue. Why? Let's already out. Let's go. But look at the next one. But he, because he continues forever. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah! Shout hallelujah! Why does he have an unchangeable priesthood? Because he continues forever. 
He has, and you don't replace him. He doesn't need a successor, and he doesn't need anyone who is going to precede him. He is there forever. Because, watch this, because he does not, he said because he continues forever. He has an unchangeable priesthood. Unchangeable. There have been many kings and queens of England. Why many? Because death prevented them from continuing. One day I will die. And if Christ doesn't come before I die, somebody will be doing this thing. Because so long as you're a human being, death prevents you from continuing. Everybody, you, you, you go. But the problem is when you go, there's something waiting for you. Judgment. <laughs> judgment. People will say, oh, you are the best. You are the wonderful man. You are the, 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 the. Judgment is waiting for you. They may judge you by their standards and say you are correct, but according to God's standard, you're going to meet judgment. Let me finish this. So, so, um, because there's 24 and 25. I want to put a full stop on the verse 25. But don't go 25. 24 is so sweet. Let's just walk into 24 like we are eating yogurt and ice cream and then move into. But because he continues forever, talking about Jesus, he has an unchangeable, when they say something is unchangeable, it's not unchanging. It's unchangeable, it cannot be changed. It cannot be changed. You can't do anything about it. It cannot be changed. He has an unchangeable uh, uh, priesthood. What? Look at that. Look at the next verse. It's coming. Therefore, says someone shout, therefore. Therefore. I can hear you. Therefore. I can hear you. Therefore. On the basis of the fact that his priesthood is not changeable, because of that, therefore, he is also. He is also able. He is able. He is able to save to the uttermost, to save completely, to save thoroughly, to do a thorough work on your life in the presence of God. He is able to save to the uttermost. 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 Those who come to God through him. Why? Since he always lives. He's always lives. He's always there. You go and come, he's there. New Living Translation, 25. Let's see how he puts it. Therefore, he's able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Message. To save everyone who comes to God through him. Always on the job to speak up for them. He's always on the job. He's always on the job. My Jesus is what? Always on the job. My Jesus is what? Always on the job. How about the position of your Jesus? He's always on the job. In the Old Testament, they have what is called mediator. So Moses was a mediator. Who is a mediator? That's exactly what he's doing. The people, the people and God. The people and God. The people and God. Somebody stands. Bible says there's one God. (laughs) Oh my goodness, thank you Jesus. First Timothy chapter two, verse five. For there is how many gods? One. 
There's how many God? One God. This is what the Bible says. How many gods? One. How many gods? One. More than one God is polytheism. Polytheism. No, Christianity doesn't. So we Christians say that um, there's, there's three gods because Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what confuses them. Yeah. That's confuses them. Because you want God to be like you. Yeah. God is, is not the same as you. Yeah, so the fact that you are, when we say you are one person, that's all that you are. Doesn't mean that God, when he's one being, he's one person. He's one being, but three persons. There is one God, and how many mediators? One. How many mediators? One. When they tell you we are all worshiping one God, different, no, please, there's one God, and how many mediators? One, one mediator. <laughs> there's one God and one mediator, so whoever is also mediating is not likely to be the true one. Because there's one. So don't say there are different ways to get, get into God. So, said so there's one mediator, there's one God, and one mediator. In the Old Testament, there are three mediators, not like three offices that operated as mediator. So number one is the prophet. He stand before God, uh, between God and the people. Number two is the priest. He stand between God and the people. Number three is the king. Stand between God and the people and rule on the behalf of God. In the Old Testament, it was theocracy. It wasn't democracy because the king was appointed by God yeah. in the Old Testament. And Jesus comes and he combines the king the prophet and the priest. He was all the three in one. There is one God and one mediator between God and man. Look at it. Let's read it, Allah. Let's go. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man. Who? The man Christ Jesus. You know what I like about what he said? He didn't say Messiah Christ Jesus. Man, a human being. That's the mystery. That God now he became so much fully human being that he, you can't deny that he's human being. Even in his death, in his resurrection, in his office in heaven, seated, Bible says that we have a high priest. If he's not a man, he can't be a high priest. What? So that's why there's man in heaven. There's man, man in heaven. He's a high priest, man. And now there is one God. Remember what we just read about how because he has an, uh, uh, he's not, he does unchangeable priesthood because he continues forever. Verse 23 of Hebrews chapter 7. Because the Bible says that for therefore, uh, he, he, he continues forever. He has an unchangeable priesthood. He continues, verse 24, he continues forever. Look at the next verse. Therefore, he's also able. I like that. See, look, look at the combination of the word. Therefore, he is, he is, he is. So based on this, if he's doing it, he also is able. Mm. If he's continuing forever, also he's able. Therefore, he's also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Seeing that why he lives, he always lives to make intercession. That's the mediator. So he's, he's still there making intercession. And so Hebrews says that, sorry, First Timothy chapter five verse, 2 verse 5 says that there is one God and one mediator, even the man. So he's sitting as heaven, not as God. He's sitting in heaven as man. That's why we have a representative right in the Godhead. Right, right, listen, right in the Godhead. Listen to this. What does that mean? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is. And before then, God was fully spirit. According to John chapter 4, verse 24, God is a spirit. So then God the Son came and 
wrapped himself in the womb of a woman. She be, he became a fetus for nine months, and he was born. Very vulnerable. The king wanted to kill him. It, it depended, he had to depend on Joseph to protect him, and he grew up. They've been meaning to kill him from when he was a child, and he grew up. But he also came to die. He also came to die. Why did he come to die? Die for our sins. He was sinless, but he died for our sins. So watch this. He took humanity. So he, he, he left heaven, even though he was, he was still God when he was on earth, but the difference is now God has become flesh. John 1.14, and the word became flesh. So God has become flesh. And when he became flesh, he lived human life. He drank water. He ate. He was tired. He cried. He wept. He was angry. He, he slept. He, he died. He did things that happened to human beings. Bible says that in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15, he was tempted at all points, just like us, yet without sin. So he was every sense of the word like us. He was 100% human being. That is why the Pharisees said, you, how can you make yourself equal with God? Because he looked too much like human beings, you will never accept that he's God. And yet, he was so God, but he didn't walk on earth as God. He didn't do miracles as God. He didn't raise the dead as God. He didn't walk on the water as God. He walked on the water as man, full of the Holy Ghost. Oh, how God, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who went about doing good. God anointed Jesus Christ. He was anointed. He was a man, but the Holy Ghost came upon him. But the Holy Ghost came upon him. But the Holy Ghost came upon him. He didn't operate on earth as God. He operated on earth as man. That is why he could die because God does not die. It's man who dies. That's why he died on the cross. He died as man. Shout hallelujah. But what is beautiful is he died. He took on humanity. So he was God. God the Father. I can't hear you. One more time. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And God the Son was sent by God the Father. And he became a human being in the womb of Mary. So for the first time, what God was never, he became. God was never human. God was never, this one I'll be teaching later in Colossians. God was never creature. He has always been creator. But for the first time, the creature became, the creator became a creature. The creator became the created. At the same time, he was walking on earth as the created. And yes, he was the creator. <laughs> and he, 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 he walked on earth. They hated him. Holy Ghost came on him. He did miracles like when the Holy Ghost came on anyone, they can also do miracles. And they crucified him. And he died on the cross. But that was not the end of the story. Because the Bible says it was not possible that the grave should hold him on the third day. On the third day, God raised him from the dead. God raised who? Who? Jesus. The human Jesus, not the God Jesus. God, the God never died. It's the human Jesus. So God raised the human Jesus for the first time. Watch this. For the first time, a human being 
died and came back from the grave. No human being has ever died and come back by himself. All the others, it was resuscitation. Lazarus, Jesus called him out. He wouldn't have been able to come if Jesus had not called him out. In the days of Elijah, Elijah raised the boy from the dead. In the days of Elisha, Elisha raised that, the woman's child from the dead. In the days of Elisha, Elisha, in 2 Kings chapter, chapter 13, verse 23, 24, said, so we're going to bury Eli, a, a, a man who was dead. And when they saw, they saw the bandits were coming, the Syrians were coming, they threw the dead body and he landed on the bone of Eli, Elisha. And suddenly he revived and came back to life. So these are resurrections, but they are not the resurrection the Bible was talking about. It was not the resurrection the Bible was talking about. These were all resuscitations. They came back to life, but where are they? They died again. They died again. Jesus raised Lazarus. He raised the widow of Nain's son. Paul, someone died. Paul raised him back to life. And someone died. Peter raised him back to life. In Acts chapter 9, verse 40, Peter told Aeneas, come back to life. He, he healed him. Dorcas died. Peter raised him back to life. People were coming back to life. But it's not the same as Jesus Christ, who has conquered death. He has conquered death. What is, Bible says that he has an indestructible life. His life has destroyed death. And watch this. Now, this is what I'm, what I'm saying. He, he took on humanity. He died a human death, and for the first time he resurrected a human. And then when he resurrected, he ate like a human being. He was with them, and he told them, preach the gospel. When I go, I'll send the Holy Spirit. And guess what? One day they were with him, and then he took them to Mount of Olive, and he said, cheers. And they were watching him as he went. The Bible said the, cloud, the clouds took him, and he vanished from their sight. And now, where is he? He went and sat at the right hand. <laughs> Hallelujah! 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 He went and sat at the right hand as our high priest. Ever liveth to make intercession for us. That's why I said there's one God, one mediator between God and man. Now, does it make sense why he said, man, Jesus? He used not to be a man until he became a man. And after he became a man, he never changed from being a man. So this is what it is. I keep saying, God, Jesus Christ, when he was being born, when he came on earth, he brought God, Emmanuel. He brought God into man. When he died in his burial and resurrection, he took man into God. Now, we have a man. We have a man in the middle of the Trinity. God bless you for listening to the amazing message. We pray your life can never be the same. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Carish Church on YouTube and to listen to more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms. You can also connect with David Entry and our youth ministry on social media. Find David Entry on Instagram and TikTok at davidentry underscore. And find our youth ministry at Caris Phase 2 on Instagram and TikTok and at Caris on Campus on Snapchat. Be blessed.